Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. What, what did I just read this weekend? I read a story, folks, this weekend by Paul Sperry in Real Clear Investigations that is so unbelievable. I, I don't even know how to... Is this like the greatest tease ever? I haven't even welcomed you to the show yet or producer Joe. Let me get, it is about the Mueller, Comey, Spygate fiasco. It's very simple to understand. It will blow your mind if even a scintilla of this story is true. How about that for these? All right, welcome to the hey. Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? How about that? Yeah, we're ready to how go, about, man. I, dude, I'm not kidding. I had a whole show laid out, uh-huh. stories one through seven, ready to rock and roll. And about 20 minutes before I got on the air, I said, I remember this name in this story. And I'm like, this uh-huh. can't possibly be. This can't possibly This story... It can't possibly be true. If it is, this is amazing how <laughs> everybody <what>? <laughs> missed it on this Mueller Comey targeting of Trump. It's incredible. All right. All right. Let's get right to it. Enough yeah. teasing it. It's that good, though. Stay tuned. Today's show sponsored by War Dragons. You like video games? War Dragon is the way to rock and roll. Today's sponsor, War Dragons, is a 3D real-time strategy video game right on your phone. Over 150 different dragons to breed and collect in the game, each with different attack styles, abilities, and classes. It's a cool game. For the month of July, War Dragons is partnering up with Stack Up, an organization dedicated to bringing military personnel, veterans, and civilian supporters together through a shared love of video gaming. It's a nice cause right there. War Dragons will match all donations made through the link in the game between July 4th through July 31st. This is really nice. From Up to a maximum of $10,000, donors will get an exclusive in-game portrait. This is cool. Can't donate but want to support Stack Up's work? Breeding your dragons in-game can also help contribute in a additional $10,000 donation by War Dragons. Check them out, folks. Download this really cool game, War Dragons, by visiting podcast.wardragons.com slash Bongino. That's podcast.wardragons.com slash Bongino. Podcast.wardragons.com slash Bongino. Go check it out. It's a really cool game. You can co-op attacks. You can co-op your defense, defend your guildmates from them while they're not online with up to two or other guild members. This will be a great game. You'll really enjoy it. It's for a great cause. Podcast.wardragons.com slash Bongino. Check it out. All right. Let's get into the show. Hey. Almost just missed it. Okay. so. I'm reading this story by Paul Sperry at Real Clear Investigations. Throw that up. It's in the show notes today. You have to read this. I'm sorry. I can't give orders. I don't give orders. You are my uh, faithful, loyal listeners. I love you to death. But I'm humbly requesting you read this. Go to Bongino.com. Check out the show notes attached to the podcast. Subscribe to my email list if you you wouldn't mind. I'll send them right to you. Here's the title of the piece. Justice Department watchdog has evidence Comey probed Trump on the sly by Paul Sperry Real Clear Investigations July 22nd, 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, there is an assertion in this piece that will blow your mind. Before I get to that, I'll give you a little background on what the piece says. Of course, you can read it for more details because I do have a lot to get to. But the overall piece, the, the gist of it, Joe, is that Jim Comey was basically running a rogue spying operation on President Trump. Yeah. While he was the president, uh-huh. while simultaneously suggesting to President Trump that he was not under investigation. Oh. Now, oh. Um, yeah, none of that's really new news. Um, yeah. we, it's, he's, it's well done and it's worth your time. Right. But about three quarters of the way down, 
I know the term bombshell is thrown out there a lot in media, mm-hmm. uh, many times unnecessarily so. There is a bombshell in this piece that he introduces into the piece, Sperry, with almost no fanfare at all. This is an incredible assertion. Put up the screenshot from the Paul Sperry piece. I want to read this to you and show you something afterwards that is going to, I promise you, is going to bake your bagels. This is going to boil your milk, man. This is going to blow you up. Okay. From the piece, knowledgeable sources inside the Trump White House. So Sperry has sources inside the Trump White House have told him that Comey carved out an extraordinary new position for this FBI, uh, uh, FBI employee, Anthony Ferrante which allowed Ferrante to remain on reserve status at the FBI while working in the White House as a cybersecurity advisor. Oh! Wait, hold on a second. (laughs) So Comey specifically carves out a spot in the FBI White House for one of his guys, Anthony Ferrante, that has special expertise in cybersecurity, kind of like what John Solomon warned us about in that piece a while ago in that exchange where they're they're talking about getting a cyber guy and what the cyber guy should be doing in the White House. Now, back to the screenshot from the Sperry piece. So Comey plants an FBI guy in the White House with cybersecurity expertise and, quote, in an unprecedented action, Comey created a new FBI reserve position for Ferrante, enabling him to have an ongoing relationship with the agency, retaining his clearances and enabling him to come back to bureau headquarters, said a former National Security Council official who requested anonymity. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like a nuclear bomb going off within this piece. Again, he introduces it with almost no fanfare at all that the Bureau had this guy reporting back to the FBI with cyber security experience, reporting back to the Bureau while working within the Trump White House. Now, I get it. Some of you listening with a more milk toast bland explanation saying that the conspiracy there yeah like oh so what the fbi and the fbi does it's not uncommon on the national security council to have law enforcement professionals there at all what's the big deal dan gonna let that one stew a sec you remember the names what's the dan bongino theory of criminal investigations remember Uh, the names remember always always memorize the names so i'm thinking to myself anthony ferrante FBI guy planted by Comey inside of the White House. Where have I heard this name before? And I thought of an old clip. So I started doing my homework right before the show. And bam, here's this Washington Times piece (laughs) by Andrew Blake, Tuesday, February 13th, 2018. You're kidding. (laughs) BuzzFeed hires former White House official to investigate dossier. Who is the White House official? Oh, Oh, holding <laughs> 10 yards, oh. offense, repeat first down. The White House officials, Anthony Ferrante. Oh. Now, Sperry covers that in his piece as well. But I knew I'd seen this guy before on CNN or elsewhere. I knew I'd seen this name. Remember the names. So just to be clear what we're talking about, this is like, I hope you're drinking your coffee. Welcome to Monday morning, folks. <laughs> Yeah. Sperry's piece delivers this nuclear bomb, a tactical explosive on the battlefield about three quarters of the way down that the same guy Comey plants in the White House from the Bureau who's reporting back to the FBI subsequently leaves the FBI, goes to work for BuzzFeed to investigate the dossier. 
what the heck was this guy, this cybersecurity guy planted by Comey from the FBI doing in the White House the whole time? Joe, I, um, I listen. Yeah. Nobody knows this case better than you because you're forced to listen to me for an hour a day every day. Yes. I'm not forced. Joe, <laughs> Joe loves me, but you get the point. Yes, we do. You get my point. Am I am I underselling this? I mean, do you understand no. what this guy just said? Yeah. I'm not, right? Like, I'm not crazy. Nobody talked about this the whole weekend. Now, I had read this very piece, and I, I uh, folks, again, I got to be honest with you because I, I don't like radio hosts or anyone else who pretends to know it all all the time. Right. The Ferrante thing went like this, Joe. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Be- because I, I just had not recalled the name. Sure. And then I'm like, this guy, he has a picture. I'm like, this guy looks familiar. I knew I had seen this guy and I remember him from a CNN clip talking about Mike Flynn and all this other stuff and thinking this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And I start doing some homework like it's the same guy. And if I remember, we covered this in a show way back, way, way back, but we we didn't have the name, right? We didn't have to, we covered it through John Solomon's perspective and Solomon had been talking about these text messages. Yeah. We were on this a long time ago. That's why this feels so familiar. Yeah. Yes, it is. But now we've got the name. It's the same guy. Folks, I just want you to let that stew a minute. I usually don't. uh, (laughs) Red flag on the field. Under the hood. There's a cap. (laughs) Under the hood for a view. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. I can't, that nobody thought to cover this at all is incredible. If even yeah. a scintilla of this is true, a drop of this is true, this is devastating. The same guy Comey plants in the White House for his rogue intel operation against a sitting president. He tells that he's not invest. He tells the president he's not investigating him. He is investigating him. And the guy they le- leaves the FBI, the guy they plant to go work for BuzzFeed to verify the dossier Comey used already had debunked himself, told him it was salacious and verified. He goes to work for BuzzFeed to try and verify it. Did he take any information he'd gotten in the White House? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 if you're not hearing this here or you didn't read Sperry's piece, you probably missed the biggest story of the weekend. All right. I've got a lot more to get to. So, wow. Just seriously, let that story stew a second. Put the show on pause and then let stew what I just told you because it is, and read the piece. It is an incredibly damaging statement to be made if that is true and we know ferrante worked for the bureau we know he had that position there what the heck was he doing in the white house that's the question i hope bob Mueller has some answers ferrante knows Mueller, by the way okay uh joe what's the dan bongino rule of media hoaxes what do i always tell people wait at least at least 24 hours before reporting on what appears to be an anti-conservative, anti-Trump, highly likely to be a hoax story. (laughs) I just want to put this out there because we break the fourth wall in the show. My wife hates this story. The whole morning, she's telling me to dump it. I'm telling you here, this is why I won't dump this story and and why I'm determined to put this on my show today. Because I have insisted to you, the Covington kids, Jussie Smollett, Spygate, all of this stuff. Wait at least 
At least I recommend you wait longer, but wait at least 24 hours before tweeting about these stories because they will likely be hoaxes. So the Bongino rule in effect against this week, I did not tweet about it at all. I see this story out there about a Georgia state representative by the name of Erica Thomas. Erica Thomas claims that some racist white dude on a grocery store line in a Publix down here approached her and told her to go back to where she came from. Now, Erica Thomas, the Democrat, doesn't like Donald Trump. Donald Trump had that controversy last week with the go back and fix it line. So, of course, the media, Joe, did not obey the damn Bongino rule, did not wait 24 hours and ran with the story. Oh, Racists everywhere. Trump, racist America. It's the most racist, racist place in the history of racist places. It's so racist, <laughs> we can't even describe the racism. Media stories everywhere. Racism here, racism there, racism everywhere. Look at this. The media lost their minds over the story. People are, I stand with Erica. I stand with Erica. Yeah. I obeyed the rule. I obeyed the rule. 24 hours minimum minimum i actually recommend 72 hours but 24 minimum so of course i was right so what happens here is erica thomas who let's just be clear on what she said some white guy approaches her on a grocery store line and tells mm -hmm. her to go back to where she came from right yeah all of a sudden, Erica Thomas, as the details of this come out, and I'll get to the details in a second. I want to play this video. This is a short one. Here's Erica Thomas. She's all of a sudden not so sure that the guy said, go back to where you came from. But he may have said something like, something like, go back to where you came from. Play that cut. He said, he said go back, you know, those types of words. I don't want to say he, he said, go back to your country or go back to where you came from. But he was making those types of references is what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, Joe yes. um, Armacost is Scottish, right? Um, I'm, I'm well, not crazy, right? German, British, French stuff. German, British. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry. Quite all if right. I tell you, Joe, go back to the UK, right? It's pretty yeah. clear what yeah. I mean, right? If I right. mean, if I'm yelling at you, I kind of want to be a jerk, you know, stereotypical jerkwad and say something dumb. That means something very specific. Notice how she hedges on that? Yeah. Well, yes. he wasn't, I don't want to, she goes, I don't want to say he was saying exactly that. He was making those type of assertions. Well, what type of assertions was he making if he didn't say that? If I <laughs> want to tell Joe, go back to the UK, what do I say? What what kind of assertions would I make other than saying, go back to the UK? Very clear. There's only really one way to say that. <laughs> you don't say Hey, let's go get a travel agent and take a vacation, Joe, you and I, to the United Kingdom. That doesn't mean the same thing as go back to the UK. Okay? Okay. That's not what the, that's not what the guy said. So all of a sudden, she's hedging on that, okay? We get that. That's why, by the way, I said, you got to stay away from those because it means a very specific thing to people. And that's why last week I was pretty clear on that. It means a very specific thing to somebody. Mm -hmm. She's hedging on that. Now, all of a sudden... The dude surfaces, the alleged white dude who told her to go back to her country or whatever. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, a guy surfaces, Joe, and the interaction starts to become a little different than she describes. Here's video of she's given a little presser with the and the guy comes into the presser himself and gives an entirely different story. Play that cut. I'm Hispanic. I don't care what she thinks. She's doing it for political purposes, period. Like I said earlier, I'm a Democrat. 
I will vote Democrat the rest of my life. Okay? So to call me what she wants to believe for her political purposes to make it black, white, brown, or whatever is so untrue. <laughs> well, now. <laughs> he's not even white. He's Cuban. And he's a lifelong Democrat. Folks, I'm, I'm not going to give the guy's name out there. His first initial starts with E. I'll leave the rest off there because this guy's clearly been roped into this and did. And, and maybe, listen, he may have said some offensive things. He did not say that, okay? Right. Did I tell her to go back to whatever, right? The guy's a Democrat. People looked up his social media posts. He hates Trump. He is a Cuban-American Democrat who hates Donald Trump who said nothing, nothing close to go back to your country. Here's the real story what happened. Wait 24 hours every time. This is what we need to hear from you after these media stories. <laughs> nothing. Crickets. <laughs> 24 hours at least. What really happened, Joe, Yes, is State Rep Erica Thomas was on the express line at a Publix. So apparently she had 20 items. You know how the express line works, yeah. 10 or fewer, whatever it may be. Like that, yeah. The guy behind her is in a rush, the Cuban-American Democrat, and apparently said some nasty things to her, like I called her whatever, a lazy, I, I can't say the rest on TV. Yeah. And he admits to that. But he said crystal clear in that segment, I did not tell her to go back. I am not a racist. And I said it because, so now this, is, this story's gotten so out of control now they're saying, hey, because she goes, no, no, I only had 11 items. I didn't have 20 items. <laughs> now the, the local folks are like, well, let's see your receipt. You have the receipt or she won't show anybody the receipt. This is how dumb this has gotten. Folks, I'm moving on because my wife will divorce me if I keep talking about this story. But please, the golden rule, 24 hours. Please, please wait 24 hours. There is a 99.9% .9 chance what is happening will be exposed as a hoax. Oh. Please wait 24 hours. Oh, I'm losing. You happy? Drinks. I'm moving on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> pa Paula, come on. You tell the are you happy now? Am I getting a yes out of yes? <laughs> She's still furious. She hates the story. Oh. You have to know that 24 <laughs> hours yeah. every time. Listen, I would like my wife reads the, e reads the emails too. Please send me audience feedback on the show today. Info at Bongino.com. Up or down on this segment. I want to prove her wrong. I am convinced people like to hear about this stuff because they hate having their integrity impugned by constant charges of racism. And they always want to hear about the Bongino rule. Wait 24 hours. If mm -hmm. I'm wrong, let me know. But seriously, let me know. I want to info at Bongino.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Today's show brought to you by Genucel. Here's the jawline treatment. This stuff is fantastic. Your jawline, your neck will never look better. This is our bottle here. I've been using this stuff. Don't tell anybody. Do you wish the double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, people look at your jawline. It simply tells your age. Here is the famous Robin from Lubbock, Texas. Although I tell you, I could give you emails from my mother-in-law. Danny, I need more of the jawline treatment. She loves, loves, loves this stuff. Check it out. Robin says, I put GenuCell jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young. I'm blown away. Using MDL technology and Chamonix's proprietary base, GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets that delicate skin around the neck and the jaw for tight, healthy, younger looking skin. See results right before your eyes or 100% of your money back. No questions asked. Order now. 
And the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness under your eyes is free with your order. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, GenuCell Immediate Effects, Immediate Effects, FX is also yours free. No double chin, no turkey neck. Yes, <laughs> and no sagging jawline because nobody needs to know your age. Go to GenuCell.com. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com and enter Dan25 at checkout. Get your two free gifts and free express shipping. GenuCell.com. Enter Dan25. That's Dan25 at checkout. GenuCell.com. Check it out. Good stuff. Okay, moving on. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mike Flynn case is exploding before our eyes. I've got this. I've got some more video coming up on some other great stuff, too. Don't go anywhere. I got some video in Georgetown students crying racism until they find out it was Obama who said what they think they said. But this story I find fascinating. The case against Lieutenant General Mike Flynn is absolutely imploding. I want a hot tip, Technofog on Twitter. I'm going to show his profile here because we use a lot of his stuff and sometimes people look for him. That's his profile. It's at Techno underscore Fog. Uh, of course, we follow each other, as you can see there. That's a screenshot from my phone. Uh, he's a lawyer who's been doing phenomenal work on this Mike Flynn case, so there's a hat tip to him. Check him out. Um, I, these screenshots we're going to show are from him, by the way. Again, another hat tip. And his highlights. That's his work there. He has been following the Flynn case. Let me sum it. Let me just sum it up for you quickly. I know some of you have heard it before, but in just a couple sentences or less. Mike Flynn is being charged in a federal case for working for the Turkish government when Mike Flynn did not know he was working for the Turkish government. Does that sum it up? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to I, I can't think of any easier way to tell you this case uh, to explain it to you than that. Bob right. Mueller is targeting Mike Flynn. They, they sent the case off to, a, to a, I believe it's, this is the Virginia case, into a different federal district now, away from the Mueller team. And Mike Flynn is being prosecuted for allegedly working and lobbying for the Turkish government. When I'm telling you, Flynn did not know he was lobbying for the Turkish government. He thought he was lobbying for a Dutch company. Joe, is that crystal clear? We're good to go. This is entirely asymmetric. Yes. I said to you last week, I believe the government thinks it knows Flynn was lobbying for the Turkish government, thinks because they were spying on Flynn. I no longer have any doubt about that. That is going to be the next shoe to drop, the spying operation against Lieutenant General Mike Flynn that goes way back. Flynn thought he was lobbying for a Dutch company. He wasn't aware of their ties to the Turkish government. Now, showing you how horrible how awful and atrocious the government's case against flynn is flynn had no idea he's lobbying for the turkish government and even the connections between the dutch company and the turkish government are still tenuous at best i'm going to put up three screenshots from you from the legal documents filed from our buddy technofog there and notice and pay specific attention to his highlights on how awful this case is this is the worst prosecution i've seen in modern legal history Before, screenshot number one here's the takeaway from this that the government didn't even try to get the information from turkey read this here it is so that the government said that the judge starts to question the government's prosecution here's the questioning you made no request for financial information from Turkey, correct? They answered uh, the prosecution. Oh, that's correct. 
they ask him again. But the bottom line, as far as the government's investigation was, they didn't even try to get this information, correct? Yes, sir. That's correct. Yes, sir. Mm. They didn't even try to get the information from Turkey. Joe, if Mm. your case is that Mike Flynn is violating FARA rules or foreign lobbyist rules, they can be two distinct things. And your case is that the Dutch company Mike Flynn is working for. He wasn't working Mm -hmm. for the Turkish government. But that Dutch company had ties to Turkey. Joe, you're not a criminal investigator, correct? But you're a very smart guy. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. it be common sense to establish the financial connections between that Dutch Dutch agency and the Turkish government? I'm just asking. Yeah, Dan, uh, that'd be common sense. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it would. And Joe is a radio producer and the finest broadcast producer out there. He hasn't even been to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, and he knows better than these investigators. Yes, you established a connection. They didn't even bother. Number two, this is hysterical. This one, wait, don't even put it up yet. Let me just give you some background. The prosecution prosecuting Flynn because they believe he was working for the Turkish government, although Flynn didn't think he was working for the Turkish government. The prosecution can't even figure out how to explain this case to a jury (laughs) because they don't even know. And they admit it. Look at this one. This is hysterical. You will crack up in sad, tragic uh, Stephen King it like clown laughter in this. They're talking about the jury instructions. And here's the guy. Here's the prosecution's case. The, 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 Mr. Turgeon says, I, it's imp- this is the prosecutor here. I agree it's important for the jury to be instructed what, condu- what conduct constitutes a violation of Farah. But listen, watch the highlight. We really haven't figured out the best way <laughs> to go about doing that. Oh, dude. <sighs> Illegal procedure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> this case... Stinks so bad. You can't, you, one, you didn't even establish the financial connection. And secondly, it's so awful, you can't even figure out how to explain it to your own jury. Jeez. Now, Joe, yes, you Jay. commit a bank robbery. Poor Joe. He's yes. robbed so many banks on the show. Oh. It's pretty easy to figure out the jury instruction. I'll give you one <laughs> I've experienced with. Not to d- dig into the, the details okay. unnecessarily, but no, it's important you get this. Yeah. As a federal agent, it was very important for us to establish in a counterfeit case that there was possession and a pass. Intents are relevant. In other words, if Joe Armacost passes mm-hmm. a counterfeit $100 bill, the way counterfeiters work with counterfeit money, folks, is they'll counterfeit large bills, 50s and 100s, and then they'll go in and pass it for a small item and get change back. Uh. So they get real money back. So he'll go in and Joe will buy a pack a big league chew for three dollars or whatever in the 7-eleven get 97 real dollars back for his fake country makes sense right sure now the elements of that crime to prove that crime in court you have to prove the pass happened so usually we get a video from 7-eleven they'd be like hey this is the guy who passes hundred dollar bill and we'd have to show usually that they got the money back there was but intent is not a part of it Hmm. in other words the fact that joe knew it was counterfeit or not is not a part of the crime. We don't have to prove that. Okay. Now, in a court case, we would explain that. Joe, why do you think we would do that, the prosecutor? I'll answer it for you. Thank you. Because what's Joe's defense going to be? I didn't know it was counterfeit. I didn't know. That's what everybody's defense would be in the passing of a counterfeit bill. That's why it's not an element of the crime. Right. Now, 
reasonably is intent to, if we can, if Joe can conclusively prove that it was just an accident, the government's probably not going to prosecute him. But make no mistake, in the jury instructions, we will explain specifically that the crime is the pass. Mm -hmm. That's the crime. It's not whether Joe intended to pass a counterfeit bill. Because Joe would just go up and say, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And the case would be done. This case was so horrible against Mike Flynn, they still can't figure out the prosecutors how to explain this to the jury. This is amazing. This is such an abomination. All right, photo three. Wait, before, before we get to it, hold on. But let me lay this out for you. Here's the final screenshot from uh, Technofog, right? Now the judge who says, he's starting to smell something's wrong here, Joe. He's like, I don't know about this. You can't even explain to the jury what crime happened. The judge intervenes here and basically says, listen, if you knuckleheads can't articulate a crime to the jury, then how the heck would Flynn know he was committing a crime? Put up this screen. This is brilliant. <laughs> the judge asking simple questions. Here it is right here. Uh, if the government can articulate it now, how is the defendant, Flynn, supposed to have figured that out on his own back in 2016? Oh, my gosh. This is the Mr. Murphy to the court. Ladies and gentlemen, this is obvious. This was, this was so clearly a witch hunt-like prosecution to go after Flynn for a crime Flynn didn't even think he committed or know he committed. The elements aren't even there. They can't even explain it to the jury. Oh, man, is this ever... I mean, if there was ever a case for a pardon in U.S. history, this is it. Folks, It's Flynn has suffered enough. It is time to move on. You agree, Joe? It is time to let this yeah. thing go. This go. is a disaster. This is a decorated lieutenant general in the United States military who has served this country honorably, who made a mistake. He has suffered enough. It is time for the pardon on this. Mm -hmm. And do it before the election. This is insane. All right, our last sponsor. Don't go anywhere. I got this video. This is hysterical. Our, our buddies at Campus Reform, Cabot Phillips crew, they do great work. This is them on Georgetown asking people about statements that were made. Hey, is that racist? Oh, that's unquestionably racist. Obama said it. No, no, that's not racist. I love clips like this. Good uh -huh. stuff. But it proves a bigger point. That's going to be the theme of the rest of the show about it. how the Democrats and libs don't really have principles. They're just running completely on emotion. Because when you challenge your principles, like, hey, Obama said that, they go, ah, ah, ah. I don't, they don't know what to say. They're clueless. They're lost. All right. Today's show brought to you about, listen, I, I, I have a lot of, I mean this, I have a lot of sponsors. They're all great, but I got to tell you, this stuff has saved my butt. You have no idea how many times, um, I, on a very serious note, it's called cryo freeze. It's by Omax. I'll show you what it looks like. It looks like a little like rollerball deodorant. It's CBD oil, menthol, uh, and, um, it is, I mean, I can't say enough about it. It's a roll-on onto your joints if you're having joint pain. I have a very serious elbow injury. I went back to jujitsu this weekend and had a good time, but my, my elbow, my left elbow is, even after surgery, many of you know I just had surgery, is really bad. It was bothering me the whole weekend. I, I couldn't even, I have to put mattifier on my face before I go on TV. I usually do it with my left hand because my right elbow is bad. Too. I can't even reach. You can see I can't even reach my face with my left hand. Um, but the pain, thankfully, has subsided. I am not kidding. This is not one of these like fake things. Hey, you, this stuff has entirely saved my butt. My mother-in-law came over a while ago with neck pain. I said, let me just roll this stuff on the back of your neck. You get this like intense 
cooling feeling and the CBD and the pain just, it just went away, folks. My, now, my arm's still in trouble, range of motion, but I'm not in pain. I can't say enough about it. Listen, cryophage roll-on developed by Omax Health is what you need for triple action pain relief. Whether you're an athlete, weekend warrior, or if you live with constant joint pain like me, uh, muscle soreness or arthritis, cryofreeze is for you. I can't say enough about this. The real secret behind cryofreeze pain relief roll-ons are its two ingredients, CBD and menthol for its soothing sensation to pain. Omax Health is offering my listeners, take advantage of this, folks. 20% off a full bottle of cryofreeze pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com and enter promo code Bongino to take advantage of the incredible savings. That's omaxhealth.com. Enter code Bongino to get an astonishing 20% off. Can't recommend this product. Paula, how great is this product? Amazing. I'm not messing with you. She uses it too because we're always so banged up here. It's that good. I am not messing with you, folks. OmaxHealth.com, promo code Bongino. I'm telling you, I'm not messing with you so much. They only pay for like 60-second reads. I like it so much, I doubled it because I know I can help you with this product. Go check it out. Okay. All right, moving on. So here's the video we've been teasing. Cabot Phillips, hat tip campus reform. Really great site. Go check it out. Uh, they go on a college campus. They they uh, go to students with these kind of man on the street things. Say, hey, listen to this quote. This is awful, isn't it? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's totally racist. And then they find out at the end it wasn't Trump who said it. It was someone else. Check this out. Donald Trump announced this past week that he would be urging ICE and other administration authorities to seek out people living here illegally that had broken law to deport them. So I have a quote for you here that's been making the rounds on social media about the deportation of criminal illegal aliens. We are a nation of laws. Undocumented workers broke our laws, and I believe they must be held accountable, especially those who may be dangerous. That's why over the past six years, deportations of criminals are up 80%, and we're going to keep focusing on threats to our security. Uh, what's your thought on that quote and that policy in general? Uh, I think that policy comes from a place of, like, white American nationalism. Donald Trump has kind of, like, embraced this rhetoric of, like, racism and xenophobia that is not be beneficial to our country at all. I don't think that that quote really stands true. This administration has totally not done anything moral. This is really awful. Amnesty does not necessarily mean that we're losing border security. I think that Trump feels that way. I think that's a bad decision because, like, the United States should be open to, like, immigrants. Like it's uh, like they call it land with the free for a reason. We just have to advocate for those kind of people and people like in Congress, like Ocasio-Cortez, who is helping people um, overcome these kinds of things. Crimes do not nullify your humanity and people are coming here in search of opportunity. I'm going to show you the person that said that quote. <laughs> is that surprising? Yeah, a little bit. Why is that surprising? Because I thought it was the Trump administration that said something like that. Yeah, it's quite surprising. I thought it was from Trump. <laughs> okay. Now, there's going to be a theme running through the rest of the show here. All right. And the theme is this. You, the listeners out there, you should be very proud of who you are and your ideology. I know the left wants to call you deplorable, istophobic, phobophobes, racist, misogynist. You get the whole lineup. You've heard it a thousand times. I get that. But one that we all know, that's, of course, that's garbage. Um, but I want you to be very proud of yourself. Why? Because... Those of you out there who are legitimate conservatives, libertarians, and strong principled Republicans, we stand for a set of principles that are immutable. 
economic liberty, healthcare liberty, education liberty, the defense of life, the defense of your right to defend yourself, big R, God-given rights for everyone. And that doesn't change. When Republicans screw stuff up, they screw it up and we call them out all the time. I mean, well, what was it, a month ago, we laced into Pennsylvania Republicans for not supporting a school choice bill. Mm-hmm. I had no cognitive dissonance, no mental friction at all covering that story. Why? Because I believe in school choice. I don't give a about who supports it or who doesn't. I do because I know it works. And if you're a Republican fighting against us, you're the enemy too. Prolific levels of government spending and debt stink, whether Donald Trump signs the spending bill or not. I don't care. And you shouldn't either. But that's not how Democrats are. And I play these videos constantly to let you know we are fighting with a side not based or bedrocked in any hard set of principles. I said this to you on Friday. This isn't an... They make arguments exclusively based on emotion, not based on principles. Notice how they, if now, if they would have come out, that video goes on for a little bit. In the interest of time, we had to kind of edit it down. You can check the whole thing out at Campus Reform. They do great work. We have an article up at Bongino.com. Thanks, Paul. Uh, students cry racism over immigration, quote, until they find out it's Obama. You can check it out and watch the whole piece in there. But it's amazing how they go on to apologize for Obama after that. <laughs> yeah. So the statement yeah. just two minutes earlier, Joe, you yeah. said was white nationalism and racism is now not only not white ra- nationalism, racism. Now it's perfectly OK because Obama said it. These people don't have principle. They're not arguing principles. Why does this matter to you, though? Why am I telling you this about on the show when it, in the middle of the 2020 election? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the essence of a debate with a liberal, you have to understand. They're not debating you on principles. They're going to try to out-emotion you. When they try to out-emotion you, you drop a bigger emotional bomb in their heads. The fact that Obama said the exact same thing. When they try to present to you facts which are usually wrong, you out-fact them with the correct facts. Now, the theme of this how they don't have principles and they'll change their position in a moment. You have to be aware of this as a tactic and you have to use their own words against them like Cabot Phillips did with Obama to show them and the third person listening. Remember, when you argue with a liberal, you're not going to change their mind, but you may change the mind of the people listening around you. When you use their own alleged principles against them and show the third person that they aren't principles because they're only principles when they apply to Trump. Oh, Obama said it. Oh, no, no, now it's okay. It's not white nationalism. That person listening is like, wait, this guy's a total phony. The liberal. Or woman. I have a couple other stories about this. New York Post. New York, the liberalism capital of the known universe and any any other string theory type universe out there. They love high taxes, right? New York Post, John Aiden Byrne, July 21st, 2019. Wealthy New Yorkers are ditching cities high taxes for Miami, Florida. Folks, liberals love high taxes until they affect them, and then they flee and come down here, a lot of these liberals, and ruin Florida where I live. Now, a lot of people coming down are conservatives and Republicans, but I've covered this story repeatedly. Your principle is what? You want to live in a place with high taxes because it's going to lead to a better world, a more philanthropic, benevolent society, right? Then why are you leaving? Why are the highest rates of exodus from people out of New York and California into Texas and Florida states that are not liberal states? Why? If these places are such bedrocks of these, this pantheon of humanity, the top of the totem pole where everybody wants to live and pay high taxes, why do people keep leaving? Because it's not true. 
That's not a principle. Our principle, high taxes are great. We love these places. It's not. You're leaving. Florida doesn't have this problem. Texas doesn't have this problem. You have this problem. Here's another one. I mean, who is the most radical far leftist we have running for president right now? Bernie Sanders, right? Mm-hmm. So Andy Puzder has a great piece in the Wall Street Journal today. Bernie Sanders apparently drew up some like uh, his campaign, some like enemies list. Like, hey, these people don't like us or whatever. Very Nixonian, by the way. So Puzder writes, listen, Bernie Sanders belongs on his own enemies list. And Puzder again, remember what we're talking about here. How the left mm-hmm. does not have a coherent set of principles. They argue on emotion. First on immigration, it's all cool as long as Obama does it. Deportations are great when Obama does them, right? On taxes, they're great until I have to live on them. Then I leave. Puzder lays out three specific instances where Bernie Sanders, the most radical far leftist in, his, in this race, no question about it. He lays out three instances where Bernie Sanders can't even meet his own guidelines or principles for what he believes mm-hmm. he's fighting for. This is Bernie on capitalism. Quote from the Puzzler piece. In an April Fox News town hall, Mr. Sanders seemed to agree. Talking about wealth. Asked about Bernie's personal wealth, Sanders said, quote, if anybody, if anybody thinks I should apologize for writing a best-selling book, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. He was adamant in his defense of capitalist virtue. Bernie Sanders again. If you write a best-selling book, you can be a millionaire too. What a great system. <laughs> yeah. What a great system is Puzzler. Folks, do you understand Bernie Sanders is arguing for socialism, not capitalism? He is arguing for the government takeover of large swaths of our economy because he believes the wealth is unevenly distributed. Despite the fact that Bernie Sanders has become a millionaire for doing absolutely nothing. His entire career has been leeching off the government and writing a book about it. And he believes, I earned it. You can be a millionaire too. Yes, I know that's called capitalism. Mm -hmm. When you work, produce value, and are compensated for it. He's a fraud. These are his own words. So when Bernie comes out on wealth and argues, the wealth is unevenly distributed, the first question you should have for Bernie When liberals bring emotion, you bring more emotion. Is Bernie, why aren't you donating your wealth? I don't understand. You keep attacking millionaires and billionaires. You are one. Why are you not redistributing your own wealth and showing us all how it's done? The answer is because he's a fraud. He's a fraud. These are not principles. This is not like you and I with school choice and low taxes and and the Second Amendment, we believe in these things, regardless of who's in office. Right. Yeah. Democrats don't. These are not principles for them. They are emotional talking points. Redistribute the wealth. What about your wealth? Not my wealth. He's a phony. He's a total fraud. Oh, it gets better, Puzzler's piece. Bernie goes on about taxes. Remember, taxes should be high. Everybody, we need to double taxes on everyone for pay for my government-run health care system. Here's quote number two. 
Uh, from Puzzler's piece, he says, uh, nor do I, but he's talking for himself here. Andy Puzzler says, I don't believe he should pay more in taxes. His book sales earned him an income that qualified him for the highest tax bracket. Nonetheless, Bernie took advantage of deductions to reduce his gross income, <laughs> then took full advantage of the lower tax rates available because of the tax cuts and Job Act of 2017, the Trump tax cuts, which <laughs> Bernie opposed. When asked about it, Bernie said, come on, I pay the taxes that I owe. By the way, as Puzzler adds, the same is true of every corporation he criticizes for not paying enough. So let's be clear on this. Bernie Sanders, corporations are not paying enough. That's his stance. He's supposedly a principal guy, right? Right. Well, yeah. what's enough? Enough is what you're legally obligated to pay, which is exactly what Bernie Sanders did. He paid the lowest tax rate on his millionaire book sales that he could and matter of fact, took advantage of the lower rates after the Trump tax cuts. He didn't pay the old rates, but he wants you to and your company. Why? Because Bernie Sanders is a colossal fraud. That's why. He is a fraud. Be proud of yourself. Hold your head up high, knowing all these liberal insults and attacks on your character are nothing but a poor reflection of them looking at themselves in the mirror. They don't have any character. They don't stand by a set of immutable principles. They tell you things they want you to do that they won't do themselves. Frauds. Bernie goes on. This is why on way, this is a classic on wages. <laughs> the Sanders kids from the puzzle piece again. Bernie Sanders campaign manager, Faiz Shakir said, our campaign offers wages and benefits competitive with other campaigns. The, in other words, the market rate. That didn't satisfy the critics. So Mr. Shakir announced that we are limiting hours. So no employees receiving less than $15 for any hours work. Mr. Sanders, in other <laughs> words, is doing what any reasonable employer would. Cutting employees' hours. Well, of course he is. Oh, of course he's doing yeah. that. So Bernie Sanders, who has made a staple of his unprincipled fraudulent campaign agenda, a $15 hour minimum wage for everyone else in the economy, refuses to pay his own campaign team that. So when forced to pay the money he doesn't have, like businesses who are forced to pay wages they can't afford to pay when employees aren't producing that equivalent amount of value, what do employees have to and employers have to do? They have to cut hours, right. which is exactly what Sanders' team did to avoid paying the $15 an hour minimum wage. This guy is a total fraud. He is a total fraud. Now, fair enough, you may be saying to yourself, why are you spending so much time on Bernie Sanders? He's, he's, he's languishing in the polls now. He's collapsing in states he had done well in in the last campaign against Hillary Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, do not underestimate the power of this guy, number one, to make a comeback. But that's not really why I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it because Bernie Sanders started a revolution a revolution of frauds within the Democrat Party. These ideas that even Obama held sacred a while ago, if you like your plan, you could keep your plan, this other stuff, are now being disavowed by radical leftists all over the party. Folks, I'm telling you, we're in real trouble. I'm bringing this up because Bernie Sanders is an ideological guy who has dragged the Democrat Party into the dregs of radical far leftism, and even if he loses, will still be an important figure. Do not underestimate this guy. And I bring him up and I expose him for the fraud he is. And I've been doing it for two years now because there are people who still believe this guy is legitimate. He is not. 
He's an illegitimate phony who doesn't live by his own principles when it affects him personally, and yet he wants you to do the same. How do you back this? You can't. You can't back it. Man, I'm starving this morning. I got up early for Fox and Friends. <laughs> I do a Fox and Friends yeah. sometimes pretty early. And so I'm up at like, you know, quarter to six or so. And I, I ate really early. And I usually go to the gym after this. I am dying right now for some food. I would kill for one of those bars. You have one of those out there <laughs> running around? I, I am like dying, right? I'm telling my stomach is grumbling. Yeah, I can almost, can you, you can't hear that, can no, you? I, I can't hear uh, it. That's not coming over the. That's a little <laughs> lower than the cricket. <laughs> Yeah, the, <laughs> the cricket, I love the cricket. It's the greatest sound effect ever. Okay, again on principles. Like the theme of this last portion of the show, how they can, the Democrats argue on emotion. Tax the rich. Do you pay more? No. Deportations are horrible. Obama deported people. Oh, then they were okay. We got to institute higher taxes in New York. But when you do, I'm moving. <laughs> Here's Nancy Pelosi. There's a piece in the uh, Wall Street Journal today about the spending bills coming. This is going to be a disaster, folks. I'm telling you right now, I hope Trump sticks up to the, the stands up to these Democrats. The Democrats and the spendthrift Republicans in Congress are pushing for a two-year budget bill. Uh, the editorial board at the Wall Street Journal calls in their piece. You can see it up there on the screen, uh, youtube.com slash Bongino if you want to watch the video. A bad budget deal. Trump can call Pelosi's bluff over the federal debt ceiling. Now, to be clear what this is about, folks, um, coming up soon is going to be a reauthorization of government spending. The Democrats and the spendthrift Republicans want a two-year budget deal that is going to absolutely blow up and destroy the federal deficit and accumulate debt. We will. There's no way we'll get out. We'll, we, we'll be buried in it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be swimming in red ink forever, right? Mm. There are some Republicans who are holding fast and saying we need to reinstitute the BCA, the, the sequester, the spending caps to control this spending. Some Republicans are saying, let's just do a CR, a continuing resolution at last year's spending. Right. So just to be clear, the options. Pelosi wants a two-year spending deal, which is going to blow up our budget. Um, the option right now is to shut down the government, of course, which would be probably not the great thing, the great thing politically. But at some point, I don't know what else to do. The third option is a continuing resolution at today's spending levels, which are still high, but are less than what Pelosi wants. Now, Pelosi knows she's in a little bit of trouble here. Because we're going to bump up against the debt ceiling soon. And if we don't up the debt ceiling, there may be significant issues with creditors, with people who've lent us money. Right. So Pelosi's saying, well, the president's better sign this because you don't want to mess around. But here's an interesting quote from Nancy Pelosi in the Wall Street Journal today, showing you again how our principles change depending on who's in office. Quote, Mrs. Pelosi says a continuing resolution is unacceptable and she's holding an increase in the debt ceiling hostage to a two-year deal. She wants the two-year deal, not a CR. The federal debt limit will be reached sometime in September, but we doubt the speaker will shoot that hostage as a debt default nears. Here's a quote by Nancy Pelosi. This is absolutely terrific. When Obama was president, folks. The Republican Congress must take the prospect of a catastrophic default off the table, Pelosi said in 2015 when Republicans ran Congress and Barack Obama was the president. She goes on, the credit rating of the United States is not a hostage to serve Republicans' toxic special interest ideology. As the journal accurately states, Mr. Trump can now use that quote to call her bluff. I guarantee you she will change her mind. I don't think she cares about having her bluff called at all. Yeah. In other words... She thought a debt that using the debt ceiling as leverage was catastrophic when Obama was president. In other words, Republicans, you better send Obama a bill because if we default, that's your fault. 
now that Trump is president and she's doing the exact same thing. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Is this making sense? She's holding the debt ceiling hostage before they send the bill to President Trump. She's doing the exact same thing. And now she switched her position that now we should use the debt ceiling to leverage the president into signing a spending bill that's going to put us into basically a swarm of red ink. They don't stand for anything. What is my position? My position has never changed, as as many of yours has not changed. Government spending, deficit financing, debt financing is a bad thing. We are running up mounds of red ink. We can't possibly pay back. I don't care if Trump signs the bill or whoever. It doesn't matter. He said he wasn't going to sign another bill like this. We should hold him to it. This is unbelievable. Democrats will change positions at the drop of a hat. It doesn't matter. Because all they care about is emotional political victories. Oh, my gosh. How many more examples do we need of this? I can't believe I got through this whole thing. This is amazing. All right, final story of the day. So Mueller, smack down again. This Mueller probe, ladies and gentlemen, has been a joke. I think we know that. Of course, Wednesday, he's going to be up on Capitol Hill testifying. I'll be doing a show. Hopefully tomorrow I'll hit some highlights of of what I think should be asked. I discussed it a little bit on Fox and Friends this morning. But I just wanted to show you how awful his investigation was. There's a piece in the Washington Times by Rowan Scarborough. Be in the show notes. Please read it. It's very good. Piece is titled, Federal Judge Sides with Russian Company, Rebukes Mueller and Bill Barr. Barr because he's the AG, but this is really a rebuke of Mueller, almost exclusively. What happened, folks? Mueller, in his Mueller report, the Mueller op-ed, as I call it, seems to impugn the integrity of this company called Concord and suggests that they were working with the Russian government to infiltrate our election. Now, Concord's fight. Oh, listen, I'm not backing Concord or what else. There's an indictment against Concord. They'll have their day in court. But we, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty in this country, even if you're Russian. You're Russian, you do business here, you're entitled to due process, right? Right, right, yeah. What happened here, Joe, is the Mueller report seems to suggest that Concord was working with the Russian government to infiltrate and mess with our elections by social media stuff, manipulating Facebook, in other words, and and Twitter and other stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Well, Concord went back to court with their lawyer, Joe, and they're like, hey, wait a second. That's not in the indictment. You can't prove that. Folks, again additional evidence that the Mueller report now Mueller may have something on the side, but we haven't seen it. Additional evidence that Mueller seems to always take the position of writing up things against the Trump team and other people involved in this Concord to make it seem nefarious when he doesn't back it up with evidence. Manafort was talking to Konstantin Kalimnik. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Konstantin Kalimnik was a source for the Obama administration. I don't get it. If Manafort talking to Kalimnik means Manafort's a Russian spy, how are uh, how are people in the State Department talking to Kalimnik not guilty of the same thing? If this company Concord in Russia was working with the Russian government to overthrow our election, ladies and gentlemen, then where's the evidence in the indictment against Concord? The judge totally smacked Mueller's report down and said, listen, guys, you can't say that. If the meeting with Veselnitskaya at Trump Tower... With Don Jr. was so bad, the Russian lawyer, then why is the Russian lawyer working for the company hired by Hillary not equally as bad? You understand this Mueller op-ed is an opinion piece? This is not a serious legal document. And I'm really hoping, and we'll get into some more of it tomorrow, please don't miss the show, about what Republicans should ask Mueller. 
This is a golden opportunity to expose this Mueller fraud for what it was. A fraudulent witch hunt designed only to intact the integrity of the Trump administration and keep an obstruction probe open so they can hurt the Trump presidency. It's the only reason. Whew, boy, man, that was a stacked show. Yeah, today. man. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to our show, youtube.com slash Bongino, and you can subscribe to the audio show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. We really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.